Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We are 42 days away from the 2023 NFL Draft. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. This is episode 25. Rick, this is our silver, silver anniversary. We're at 25 episodes already. I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman, our general manager, who has more than 30 years of NFL experience, including a decade as the Vikings general manager. That's right, people. It's another mock draft Thursday. And in case you missed our shows from earlier in the week, on Monday, we opened up the old mailbag to answer some of your questions. And yesterday, our guy, Emery Hunt, joined us to talk about some of the top running backs in this draft class. And a quick programming note, Rick and I will be on the road for some quarterback pro days next week. So our podcasting schedule will be a little different, but expect updates from Ohio State, Alabama, and Kentucky. As always, you can watch us live on YouTube at NFL on CBS and be sure to subscribe and leave a comment. And hey, drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And look, we know you're on text threads about the draft with your buddies. Tell them to watch with the first pick. One last thing. March Madness has arrived, and the Eye on College Basketball podcast has you covered with in-depth previews, nightly recaps, bracket check-ins, and more throughout the NCAA tournament. Can't get enough college hoops? Download and follow Eye on College Basketball wherever podcasts are found. All right, let's get to it. So, Rick, we're doing something different, sort of a modified mock draft today instead of going through all 31 picks we're going to look at a handful of teams and see what they might do now based on the free agency moves they made so we're going to start in seattle but first things first is your bracket locked in set ready to go ready to win my bracket is locked in i'm set ready to go and ready to win maybe i can win a paramount plus subscription if uh <laughs> is there any prizes at all if you win the bracket Diva, what are the prizes? I know Rick doesn't like you talking much, but I think you we need your input here. What are the, the prizes if you win? Like he said, a couple of $100 Paramount Plus gift cards to give out to the lucky winners. Uh, we're working still on some with the first pick merchandise, but uh, we're going to toss in the first version of that merch to the winner as well. Dang. Well, Look at that, Rick. I may be able to get some merchandise and I actually can get Paramount Plus without paying for it. Since I'm... <laughs> yeah. but, by the way, Rick, you work for Viacom CBS. You can get Paramount Plus as part of your, uh, your contract. That. Can, I may hire you as my agent. I mean, you can watch Champions League, Europa League. We're doing a free commercial for Paramount Plus. So you can get all those things for free if you work here or if you win the Paramount Plus uh, gift certificate that Debo mentioned. So go sign up for the bracket, win the bracket, and watch a lot of, col- uh, watch a lot of soccer if that's your thing. All right, let's do a little mock draft Thursday, modified edition. We're going to start at number five with the Seahawks. And let's look first at what they've done in free agency because, you know, as you pointed out, free agency is sort of important to the whole draft process. You need to know what you need and what's out there and what you've fixed uh, or the holes you fill through free agency before we get to the draft. So the Seahawks, they've added Draymond Jones. That's a huge addition. They kept Jaron Reed. That's a big deal. They obviously – Re-up Geno Smith, which is the, the biggest move uh, of, of free agency for them. They lost Travis Homer. 
He went to Chicago. Yep. They lost Rashad Penny. He went to the Eagles, which is an interesting move. And Cody Barton, the linebacker, went to Washington. Uh, Washington lost Cole Holcomb, their linebacker, to Pittsburgh. But that's a conversation for a different time. So if you're Seattle, as we sit here, and in my latest mock draft, which came out Monday before free agency started, I had them taking Jalen Carter at five. What are you thinking if you're the Seahawks here? Well, let's start. Let's just talk about Jalen Carter and just the update on him. I know you're trying to fill me in before the show, but what have you learned uh, from the uh, situation down there and from a legal situation right now, what's being reported? So according to TMZ Sports, and I think that um, Pro Football Talk had this as well, but Jalen Carter will avoid jail time uh, based on the, the racing case that we, we heard about during the, the, the combine where the two – People lost their lives. His attorney said he cut a plea deal with prosecutors on Thursday, and he's been sentenced to probation. So that's what we know right now based on the TMZ report. I haven't seen it officially uh, other places, but uh, assuming that part's true, it sounds like he's on probation, no jail time, and it's been a plea a plea agreement. Yeah, which makes a difference. It's still a red flag, but not as big a red flag as it was when we were talking about this at the Combine. Now the big red flag is the nine pounds over what he weighed at the combine in right. his pro day. He had the biggest day of his life, uh, the biggest interview of his life. Uh, couldn't even get through the drills, didn't do anything else, didn't run a 40. So there's going to be uh, red flags a hoisting uh, on Jalen Carter when they come back into these draft meetings. Now maybe he tries to do another pro day before the draft to try to – Steve is in better shape, but if a guy, if a player does not take the pro day seriously, especially if he didn't do anything at the combine because of the circumstance, and I don't know if he was going to do anything at the combine or not uh, when he was there, if this uh, legal issue didn't show up at the combine or didn't pop up there. Uh, but that is not a good impression to leave and teams that probably left that workout you imagine all 32 teams were probably down there for that workout for the most part, had some kind of representation down there. The amount of money that is spent to go these pro days. That's a good point. Especially if you're doing two or three staff members or even more. Some teams will use a private jet. The cost of that, the cost of the hotel, uh, the cost of uh, having your scouts and you down there for food. I mean, let's look at all the expenses. And let's say, for example, 32 teams were down there and they spent five up to $10,000 to get everybody down to that pro day. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that is an issue if you spent all that money and the player works out like he did. You know, Rick, you bring up a good point because you and I were talking about this as we were just driving back and forth to practices in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. But your job as general manager, you also have to do the budget. Like, there's not just a money tree outside the building. You have to talk to the owners about the budget. Everything has to be budgeted ahead of time. So you can't just say, oh, it's March 15th. We're going to the Georgia Pro Day. Pro Day. I'll write a check for $20,000 for everyone to be down there, right? No, but then you look at it. I always try to look at the glass half full. Uh, and I would say, well, I'm glad we were down there. Now we know that we yeah. see it with our own eyes. So maybe that cost of whatever – Ten, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars to fire everybody down there is worth it if you don't think he's going to fit your program and end up where he's going to get drafted spending that money. So I would look at it as it was worth the the investment to find out what we found out at his pro day. That's a good point. You save ten grand on the front end as opposed to forty million on the back end, for example. Correct. Um, let me ask you this because the pro day 
depending on who you talk to, wasn't great. It could have been better. I'll put it that way. But the the thing for me is I was watching 2021 Georgia versus Kentucky yesterday because I was watching more Will Levis when he wasn't hurt. And guess who flashed all over that tape? Number 88, who was just destroying people, uh, destroying that offensive line who had three guys drafted. Poor Will Levis didn't have a chance for much of the game. He actually played pretty well that game. So with that in my mind, I'm thinking, and you know, you hear this sometimes in the scouting community, if you can do it once, and Jalen Carter certainly did it more than once. So how much weight are you putting him not being prepared for the most important job interview of his life well, versus think, yeah, all the other stuff? That's significant. Now, when you watch the tape and you watch the, you know, when he wants to go, and sometimes he doesn't always go, but when he yeah. wants to go, I don't know if there's anyone can block him. And he can be one of the most dominant defensive tackles, three technique under tackles uh, in this draft. And that's why he, we were talking about him as the number one overall pick. Right. If Chicago didn't move because you can't find guys this size with this athleticism that you see on tape. Uh, at that position, it's a rarity, and he is a, uh, I don't want to call him a unicorn, but he is uh, one of the most talented defensive tackles I've seen came out in a long time. But now you have all these red flags, so you better go back and you better find out in the interviews, because he's going to get interviewed a hundred more times, What you know, probably on Zoom interviews. He may have some private workouts coming up, but you better get down to why he was not prepared for this pro day, and I'd be interesting to hear some of the answers that come out of his camp. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't, is there an acceptable answer for you as a GM as you sit there talk to him talking. To I don't him? know. I, it's I'd have to sit there and listen. There could be a you know hundred <laughs> different things. It's, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head if I showed up for a job interview where I had to be in shape and I wasn't in shape a few weeks after the combine where things didn't go exactly like you wanted, I would make sure not to gain nine pounds. But again, maybe there's some mitigating circumstance. We don't, I don't know. know. There were some people at CBS that gained nine pounds while we were at the combine. <laughs> <laughs> some people can eat. <laughs> uh, we won't name names. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to the Seahawks here, because as I said, I had them taking Jalen Carter at number five in Monday's mock draft before uh, free agency started before the Georgia pro day. What are you thinking here at number five? If you are John Schneider and Pete Carroll. Well, what I'm thinking, I'm trying to piece this all together. If they went out and signed Draymond Jones, who's a very good defensive tackle, uh, Captain J or Reed, J. Ron Reed, um, they could still take him, but they're trying to solidify that defensive front, the defensive tackle position. So I'm thinking here is that since they were aggressive going out and getting especially a uh, Draymond Jones, uh, yeah. that they may be looking at the edge pass rusher now, uh, Tyree Wilson or Miles Murphy or whoever they end up uh, having top of their board there. Or I don't think this is going to happen. The speculation out there is, do they take a swing at Anthony Richardson at number five? Uh, especially in your mock where you had the Colts moving up to three to go get Will Levis. Well, you got Young, Stroud, and Levis in your latest right. mock. Uh, that are gone. So does Seattle have the, it, it all depends what Carolina does too, but I'm imagining Carolina, like we have said, the first year head coach, first year GM, they want to hit it out of the park with a high character, high quality, good football player. And that is Will Anderson to a T. 
Yeah. So you mentioned Will Anderson. Let me ask you this. Let's assume, and we don't know this, but just for the sake of conversation here, let's assume Tyree Wilson, his foot isn't completely healed by the time the draft is here. Hopefully he's 100% healthy and hopefully dominates for the next 15 years. But just so I can ask you this question, would you think about, as the Seahawks at five, trading up to four or three to get Will Anderson? Nope. Okay. Not worth it. Not worth it. Because in your mock, which we can mock, uh, no pun intended, but you have the three quarterbacks going off. So, you know, you're going to get a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter or a Tyree Wilson, who, you know, the, they're going to be there. One's right. going to go to Arizona uh, because they need all the defensive help they can get. But it'd be interesting to see if, uh, and knowing John Schneider and Pete Carroll, they do their own thing. They don't care what the mocks say or what the that is true out there. They always go with what they want to do. And maybe it is Anthony Richardson. Let him sit behind Geno Smith for a year or two and then see what happens after that. But it's the only chance they're going to have, I believe, especially with the season they had last year. It's the only chance they're going to have to potentially get their next franchise quarterback, even though he and it's a great scenario for him because he can sit and learn behind Geno Smith. Yeah, no, I like it. I think that makes a lot of sense. And the Seahawks are in great position, which is a weird thing to say, given that 12 months ago they were, had just traded Russ Wilson and they didn't know if Drew Locke was going to be their quarterback in competition with Eugene Cyril Smith III. All right. Oh, this is a great stat. If you're watching on YouTube, Debo put up this graphic here. Seahawks rookies in 2022, 70 starts <laughs> among their rookie class. I would imagine they're sec- second in the league. I would imagine the Chiefs are probably first because their rookie class was an absolute home run as well. Um, but that goes a long way, Rick, in, into helping ease the loss of a franchise quarterback in quotation marks for Russ Wilson when everyone else is able to to pick their game up. And the defense needs to get better, but those offensive tackles, Abe Lucas and and Charles, Charles Cross, were starters, and they were Im- immediately effective. And, and that's obviously a huge part of their success as well offensively. Totally agree. You are on point today. You got Love some it. rest last night. Your wife cried. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I told a story earlier about how uh, sentimental Rick Spielman I, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. Made my made my wife cry. That's the story. That's the story. Not for, uh, in a mean way. Can you tell him I wasn't a mean to your wife? No, it was a it's a great story. It, in fact, the story was so moving that Debo said he was disconnected, but I think he got off to go cry as well. All right, let's move to the Lions. They have picks number six and number eighteen in the first round. Man, I'm a Steelers fan, Rick, and they signed Cam Sutton. That's a huge get for yep. Detroit. A huge loss for the Steelers. Such one of the smart, smartest players on that team, offense or defense for Pittsburgh, can play inside or out uh, at the cornerback position. Had some returnability coming out of Tennessee. He didn't do do that in Pittsburgh, but that's not why they signed him to to a contract in Detroit. So let's see here. The Lions got Emmanuel Mosley as well from San Francisco. Yeah, another corner. David Montgomery, the running back out of Chicago. Jamal Williams just went uh, and signed with New Orleans. So they're doing a lot of things in the right direction. And they also lost to Sean Elliott, who headed to Miami. Matt Nelson returns. John Kaminsky returns, uh, the defensive lineman. And Alex Anzalone returns, also a linebacker there. So what are we thinking about the Lions here? Because... They're another team in a great position like Seattle. Their quarterback situation is settled in Jared Goff. I suppose they could draft one at 6 or 18 if they wanted to. But they fill some of these needs defensively, which is typically where we've had them going in these mock drafts. Yeah, and and not that I'm going to correct you in your mock drafts and whoever put those mock drafts out there uh, that we've done in the past on here, but I've always believed that they have to go pass rusher. 
and that they can swing around if they want to take another corner. They can get it for sure with their second pick in the first round. Uh, it helps uh, their defense tremendously. Uh, I believe it was Okuda that's coming up that may have one year left in his deal. I think that's right. So you got Cam, you have Cam Sutton set uh, with a lot, big contract that will be there. You you hire or you sign some reinforcements in Emmanuel Mosley from San Francisco, who's another uh, good, solid corner that can help them. So I'm saying you got to go best pass rusher uh, with their first pick. And that's either going to be Tyree Wilson or Miles Murphy, whichever one's on the board to pair up with Hutchinson and let's roll. Now you got two pass rushers plus the kid, um, is it Harris, uh, that they found last year? Uh, Yeah, Charles Harris. Yeah, Jackson State who came out. Oh, no, James Houston. Sorry, James Houston. Yeah, they came out of Jackson State last year, and he had a great year. So if you got those pass rushers humming and now these corners, uh, their defense is going to make even a bigger jump than they made in the second half of the season last year. Yeah, and they, you know, the defense was a problem early on, and they sort of started picking things up over the second half of the season when they were making their run, and it was it was certainly fun to watch. By the way, just so we're on the same page here, I had the Lions taking Tyree Wilson at six. Oh yeah, you've adjusted after we've had numerous <laughs> mock drafts and conversations <laughs> to tell you that they're not going to take a corner at six, but don't believe me. All right, number eighteen though, I had him taking Devin, De- uh, Devin Witherspoon at the time Monday before all this happened here. What else are you targeting? Because you mentioned they got the two cornerbacks and Cam Sutton and Emmanuel Mosley. Are you thinking, uh, would you even think offense here? Uh, they got a very solid offensive line. Just looking through my notes here. Uh, I think corner and edge. Uh, I, they could potentially go defensive tackle, uh, but I, I think it's going to be corner and edge all the way in my okay. opinion. Unless an Anthony Richardson, if they do like Anthony Richardson, falls all the way down there, but I can't see that happening. Okay, no, I get it. Let's take a quick break, and we'll we'll talk about a few more teams right after this. Hey, reminder to smash that like button. Hang out with us in the chat if you're watching live, or comment if you're watching the show after it has aired. All right, Rick, let's move to number seven, where the Raiders currently find themselves. And in my latest mock draft, I had him taking Anthony Richardson. I don't know how this is going to work. This was before Jimmy Garoppolo was signed, and there are going to be a lot of moving parts trying to figure out what's going on here. So what have the Raiders done thus far? They added Jimmy G, as I mentioned. They signed Jacoby Myers. And, and then the Patriots went and signed Juju Smith-Schuster to the exact same deal, which is yeah. sort of funny. Uh, they added Marcus Epps and Philip Dorsett. And they they traded Darren Waller to the, to the Giants, which seems like sort of a big deal, uh, especially when Jimmy G doesn't necessarily push the ball down the field a lot, and he likes to rely on, rely on his tight ends, which is, is not a slight against him. But you wonder what their plan is going to be after that. Um, they also re-upped Jerry Tillery, the former first-round pick from Los Angeles. The Chargers didn't work out. Jared Sidham has gone to Denver. And, of course, Derek Carr, as I mentioned, is gone to New Orleans. Clee Farrell, the former first-round pick, signed with the 49ers, which is also interesting. So the Raiders here, what do you do at 7? Do you think about trading down a good ways to get one of these tight ends and there could be three or four in the first round? Or do you wait till rounds two or three to do that because this class is so deep a tight end? Do you take best available defensive player? Do you think about bolstering the offensive line to help new quarterback Jimmy G? What do you think about at seven? Well, you you haven't taken Richardson, and I can see that. Uh, they signed Jimmy G, which is a similar situation that Seattle is with Geno Smith. Uh, It's only a short-term three-year deal, bridge gap type veteran quarterback. 
you can bring in Anthony Richardson in here, or I don't know if Will Levis would fall there, but one may fall to where Vegas is, and they have to seriously consider the quarterback. They do need edge rushers like crazy. They can help get help on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, they're trying to fill the uh, receiver position, adding a couple of veterans that been around the block a few times, but no one's spectacular. Jacoby Myers is the best and knows the system. So him and Jimmy G should be on the same page right away. Tight end, I think they can get in the second round because there are so many. But I think that Jimmy G, I don't know even know who their backup quarterback is right now, if they even have one. So if you go quarterback, uh, get a young guy, let, let him, you know, I think it was the same thing that San Francisco was planning, have Jimmy G be the, the gap guy until Trey Lance was ready to go. Right. Unfortunately, Trey Lance has been hurt. So maybe this is a very similar situation where if they do like Anthony Richardson, that they uh, bring him and bring him along slowly. And then once Jimmy G is done, they should be uh, set at quarterback. Chase Garbers is the backup out of Cal. So he's, he's not the short-term or long-term solution there. So they have a need for another quarterback for sure. I thought it was interesting. Hunter Renfro's on the roster. There've been reports that maybe he's traded. Um, is Jacoby Myers a huge upgrade over Hunter Renfro? I would ask. Cause I, I love well, Hunter. I think Jacoby Myers is an outside guy. I mean, okay. he's in the slot, but he's being, he's, he's long. He gives them another vertical threat to go along with okay. Devontae Adams. Uh, two different positions, two different style of receivers. All right. That was very nice of you to say it the way you did. Cause I, uh, you could have could have been meaner about it, so I appreciate that. No, I appreciate everything that you do and all the work you put into this show. And uh, although it makes no sense on some of the stuff you do and your mocks, but that's <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we're, we're getting better. By the way, the the Raiders have also have the thirty eighth pick. So to your point, you know, a Luke Musgrave, a Dalton Kincaid, a Darnell Washington, any number of those guys could potentially be there. I can't envision a situation where four tight ends go in the first round. I do believe, however, forty five. Pick 45, I said four tight ends go before or after. And I think you said fewer than four go before pick 45. So we'll see. That'll be Was right that there. A dollar bet? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the Eagles. Uh, pick, very pick. interesting. They got guys flying in, flying out, re-signing. They've pick been- 10 and pick 31 they have in the first round. And before we get going, and perhaps this will be settled by the time you listen to this podcast, but Darius Slay was reportedly going to get released, and then our Josina Anderson reported that, hold up, it may not happen because there was some salary cap math to do. I'll ask you a general question and then a specific question. Generally, is a salary cap even a real thing? Like, Can you always work around the salary cap, number one? And number two, what did Howie Roseman figure out in the 12th hour if they're going to potentially keep Darius Slay? Well, I think it's the, uh, when you uh, you can manipulate the salary cap to make sure you're underneath, underneath under the cap, but it, you're always pushing – your credit card bill out into the future. Eventually you have to pay that credit card bill. It's just a matter of when it's due, but they may be trying to restructure his deal to fit underneath the cap, uh, maybe converting signing bonus or some more guaranteed money so they can prorate it out in the contract. Eventually that number is going to get too big for them to keep them. Yeah. It sounds like they want to keep them because they were able to get Bradbury back, which was a huge sign for him. So if you have those two corners, uh, I think that would keep them set at the corner. Uh, defensive tackle position, I know they lost Hargrave to San Francisco. They were able to sign Cox back. 
I think they still have to look at defensive tackle at number 10. And I know this is too high for you, uh, but the way Brazee has been climbing up and it's ascending through this process, starting at the combine workout, then uh, his pro day, supposedly he knocked it out of the park down at Clemson's pro day. Uh, tremendous upside. Everybody knows his story about last year and all the adversity that he had to get through. Can they get him back to what he was as a freshman uh, when he was pretty much a dominant uh, defensive tackle? So I, I could see that. And you got to take Jordan Davis did struggle last year. I mean, he was in a rotation. He got hurt mm. uh, watching him on tape before the Super Bowl. He is he's up and down. Uh, with his consistency, I still think he's going to be a very good player, but he's not there yet. So I can see them really honing in on defensive tackle here. And I, I wouldn't be if Jalen Carter fell all the way down to here. I think that's a no-brainer for Howie to take. Wow, yeah. So if he would fall all the way down there, but he would, I, I would think that Howie would would definitely take a swing at him or a Van Ness. I do like Van Ness as well okay. because he has some position flexibility to move inside and out. But I still think that this first pick, they got to really hone in and focus on the tackle. Right. Ten, and if you're watching on YouTube, Debo has it right. I said it wrong. They had, the Eagles have picks 10 and pick 30, not pick 31. They uh, lost Debo, the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl, Debo, just in case you forgot that. So I had Van Ness going 10 as well. Um, do you like Van Ness more than Brazil in terms of versatility? Because Van Ness is 275 now, probably gets up to 280, yeah, 290. Yeah, but I don't know if he's going to be able to hang in there like okay. uh, Brazil can okay. as, a, as a true uh, under tackle. And uh, just to, for the sake of completeness, completeness here, uh, Rashad Penny, they got from Seattle. We talked about that. Miles Sanders left for the Panthers, which is an interesting one. Uh, Marcus Epps left for the, the the Las Vegas, excuse me, because your white went to Arizona. You mentioned Hargrave went to 49ers. That's a huge gift for San Francisco. Kelsey returns at center. You mentioned Bradbury. Fletcher Cox came back on a one-year deal, which is also a big deal. Boston Scott's back. I think Boston Scott might play for the next 50 years. It seems like he has always been on that roster. And then Andre Dillard, the, the first-round pick who didn't work out, is now in Tennessee where he's probably going to be the starter at left tackle, and that'll be something worth keeping our eye on. At pick 30, Rick, in my Monday mock before free agency, I had them taking Ke- uh, Keely Ringo, who had a – Great pro day. If Jalen Carter had the pro day Keely Ringo did, he'd be in the conversation for for number one again with the Bears if they stay put. Uh, Still a need cornerback, or are we going to look somewhere else? Oh, I'm going to throw a little uh, wrench in your philosophies here. Okay, go for it. Let's say because they lost Marcus Epps and um, Branch, we will be at his pro day to see his pro day in person because of the uh, Bryce Young workout. So we'll be able to. Mm. Maybe uh, determined, but let's say Branch slips because he didn't run as fast at the combine. Now, maybe he reruns at his pro day, so we'll find that out when we're there next week. But if a Branch is hanging around because of his position flexibility, Nick slash safety, they lost Epps. Uh, They don't have uh, uh, Gardner Johnson under uh, contract yet, and I don't know if he's coming back or not. So I'd see safety right there at 30 is a potential uh, landing spot for uh, Branch if he falls that far. And I don't know if there's another safety in this draft that would be worthy of a first-round pick, uh, but that could be a, a bigger need than corner, especially if they get the sleigh back. Yeah, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson tweeted out earlier on Thursday that he, you know, he's trying, he's waiting to see what happens here. He's ready to, to make things happen in, in uh, Philadelphia, and they're not quite there yet. 
I can't believe you didn't mention your guy, Rick. You didn't mention uh, Daniel Scott as potentially being a sleeper for a first round pick. <laughs> he had a good pro day too. Apparently, I think good, Cal had the pro good day third round, third day pick. Very good football player, but his value is on Saturday. Oh, I think he's a Friday pick. Oh, well, we'll see. Okay. Oh, dollar it up. Dollar it up. All right, Daniel Scott, safety out of Cal. Debo, I say day two. Rick says day three. My comparison? Who is it? Remember, we talked about this. Andrew Sandejo. Oh, yeah. Sandejo. That's right. Undrafted free agent. I saw a tweet yesterday. Uh, Vikings fans were, were applauding you for crushing it on the uh, on the safeties that you were really good at get, bringing into Minnesota, whether undrafted or obviously otherwise with Harrison Smith. So, um, yeah, we had Anthony, uh, Anthony Harris. Uh, yeah. Bynum. We, uh, yeah, from corner to safety, uh, curse who didn't fit ideally the scheme, but plays pretty good down in, uh, in Dallas. So we, we did, uh, we were able to land some pretty good safeties. Yeah. I give credit though. You got to give credit to the scouts and the coaches. I'm just, uh, just a guy, <laughs> just like on this podcast, just put a quarter in me and let me know what to do. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to, uh, provide. You got a lot of quarters in you. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's the Eagles. Debo, are you okay with those picks? Uh, a defensive lineman, a 10, and then a, a safety type at 30? Yeah. Rick actually tried to cut my mic and, and cut the cord, but I'm, I'm back. Um, oh, I know great. he doesn't. Yeah. No, we, we need a guy, a sidekick. <laughs> I thought that's my job. I thought I was a sidekick. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. Um, Ringo's someone that I've targeted, you know. Previously in the season, you know, there was points in the mock where you had him around that 10 range to get a yeah. talent like that at 30 seems awesome to me. Bradbury and Slay are both over 30, so I would not ignore taking a corner. Mm. You, you know, maybe you're not getting Gonzalez or Porter Jr. at 10 now with both of them back, but would absolutely go after one at 30. But safety, depending on Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, it is a more immediate pressing need for the team. So if Branch is there, I like that option. So, um, Debo, do you want to take a break after this? Yeah. All right. Once, let me ask for a question, then we'll take a quick break. So, Rick, I asked Debo. Apparently, I'm even uh, kicking down the ladder even farther now. Oh no! You're that was a test. good explanation, Debo, for a producer that sits in a closet all day and puts his show on. <laughs> you actually do read some stuff. Now, if you ever watch tape, it'd be great. But <laughs> see, that's how it works, Debo. He he builds you up. And then he punches you in the gut. <laughs> so, Rick, let me follow up, though, because uh, our guy, Brian McFadden, two-time Super Bowl champ with the Pittsburgh Steelers, cornerback out of Florida State, the number one prospect coming out of high school. Uh, he mentioned during the fall that he thought Keely Ringo might be best served playing safety. Any thoughts of that if you take him at 30 or no? No. I, I mean, teams will look at some of that. I mean, we always looked at the bigger corners uh, because, and, and again, this safety class is not a great safety class, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so you're always looking at some of those guys, but, uh, the biggest thing about moving from corner to safety and what will happen in draft meetings, what will happen in the interviews is that corners, usually the good ones, uh, basically cover the guy in front of them. They don't have to know the whole scheme and everything like that, where the biggest adjustment in all my experience, moving a corner to safety is can they, communicate on a back end do they know the whole scheme can they make all the adjustments can they communicate to everybody and a lot of times those corners will take some time because it's first time they're seeing it from that part of the field 
usually if they're outside, it's just, hey, I got this dude and, and right. or I'm going to cover this area in the, my zone. But when you move to safety, it's a whole different ball game. And uh, like we found out is the closer you line up to the ball, center, quarterback, running back, linebacker, safety, those have to be the smartest players on the field for you. Like you said, you, you can't be too smart, but you can't you can be too dumb. Well, the farther away from the ball, we actually uh, upgraded guys if they didn't score very well on the intelligence, especially corners, because you want them to forget after they get beat. Right. All right, there you go. And hey, look, we just talked about your success with uh, hitting home runs on the sa- at the safety position. So, make Keely Ringo maybe not a safety. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about two more teams right after this. All right. Let's move to the Washington Commanders. They're at number 16, Rick. What are they going to do? First thing, um, they got Jacoby Brissett, which is feels like pretty a pretty big deal, especially for a team like the Jets, who are still sorting things out with Aaron Rodgers. So that's less leverage for them, but that's a conversation for a different time. Um, they added Nick Gates. They added – they lost Cole Holcomb. I mentioned that, the, the linebacker to Pittsburgh. Uh, we talked about Cody Barton from Seattle to Washington. Andrew Wiley's a big one as well. The, Chief, yep. uh, the Chiefs offensive tackle who's now in Washington. Uh, he certainly helps. Taylor Heineke is now in Atlanta. And Nick Gates, another offensive lineman from the from the Giants, excuse me, who is now on the roster. So what are we doing here? They have Sam Howell, last year's fifth-round pick, who started the last game of the season. I think he has a chance to, to be a, a decent player. We don't know, but I think you give him that opportunity, at least through the summer. You have Jacoby Brissett, the all-time great backup quarterback who can come in and play four games or play 17 games. And uh, I mentioned uh, Andrew Wiley there. They have Cam Dantzler as well. They picked him up. So what are you thinking about at at pick 16? The quarterback should be long gone. Are you still looking for a corner? Are you still looking for an offensive lineman? What what are you thinking about? Here's the GM. Well, what I'm asking you, when you picked uh, right, I believe, uh, uh, offensive tackle from Tennessee, I'm assuming you didn't know they just signed uh, Andrew Wiley. Right. This was this came out Monday morning, so none of the free agency stuff had come down, even the tampering stuff. So that's going to have to be recalibrated because now they they have they do have Andrew Wiley. But I mean, do you want to continue to build the offensive line to help out a young quarterback in that running game? Yeah, but I don't know if I because I, to me, right's a right tackle all the way. Yep. So you just signed a right tackle to a multi-year deal and paid him a pretty decent amount of cash. So I, you know, I don't see them going that direction. Gates is kind of center, uh, I think center guard combination that will help fill some need there. So I think they're going to go back. I still don't like their corners. I don't like St. Juice. I think he's averages grits. I think Fuller uh, is averages grits. So I can see them, and I would still stick with the corner plan because they haven't uh, been able to sign one. They claim Cam Dampsler, uh, who I, who we drafted a couple years ago, who has a chance if he stays healthy, right. but it was like a uh, opportunity to just add another young player to see if he can stay on the field because when he's healthy and on the field, he's a pretty good corner. Uh, but I still see him going corner here instead of uh, offensive tackle. But I will give you a pass because you didn't know what they were going to sign before Thank you you. this mock draft. So, now, right. Next Monday's mock draft, I'm assuming you're contracted to do another mock draft next Monday. Got we'll some see. bad news for you, by the way. You're contracted to do the HQ uh, mock draft show at 8 p.m. on Monday too. So we'll get to we'll get to watch it together. 
breaking some news for you. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> so, yeah, there'll be a new one on Monday. We'll do a mock draft show on HQ at 8 p.m. I think it's the time to look for that. Uh, but to your point, Rick, uh, Darnell Wright, right tackle. He had played some left tackle at Tennessee, but uh, he didn't. His draft he wasn't stock good at left tackle his junior year. He was much right. better than his senior year at right tackle. When he moved over, that's when his draft stock took a turn. Dewan Jones is also on the board, but again, a right tackle. Then Anton Harrison is a left tackle who goes later in this mock draft from Oklahoma. A uh, good athlete, probably needs to get a little stronger. I don't know if you want to draft him that high, but in terms of the cornerbacks available, if you're 16 and uh, Washington on the clock, Joey Porter Jr., Devin Witherspoon, Deontay Banks, your guy, and then Kaylee Ringo, who we mentioned. So, no brainer. Um, Take the best player. Those are the best players on the board. Right. That's what I was going to say. So problem solved. The uh, commanders have done some good things in free agency. Are you just waiting out the the um, OTAs and training camp to decide on the quarterback? Are you going to announce someone now, Sam Howell, or what? what no, you they'll, they'll, they'll have them both go through. I don't think you have to. You don't play a game till September. So okay. I think, uh, but that if I'm not mistaken, and maybe I am, did Ron Rivera say that Sam Howell was the starter going into next year? He may have said that, but I think it, I don't know if he said it before or after Jacoby Brissett was signed. So, and by the way, and you know this better than I do, you can say anything you want right now. Uh, in August, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's you. That's you not answering the phone. I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We got one more team to talk about here. Down to number twenty-five. This team went to the playoffs. They have the coach of the year and Brian Dayball, the New York Football Giants. And I sort of compare them, Rick, to the Jaguars because Jaguars had a new coach. They have Trevor Lawrence, who was drafted higher than than Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones went six overall back in twenty nineteen. I think. Um, I compare them because they're in similar places, but the difference is that the Jaguars had a bunch of money and they spent a bun- bunch of money last off season to improve the players around Trevor Lawrence and on the defense. Last year, the Giants really didn't spend much money. They got rid of Kadarius Tony. They got rid of Evan Ingram. They lost Wondell Robinson early, and Brian Dable was able to take that roster and still win nine games and get to the Super uh, the Super Bowl, get to the playoffs, which is incredibly impressive. So this year, they traded for Darren Waller. That's a big deal. He's an upgrade over Evan Ingram, who had a great year down in Jacksonville. They got Bo, uh, Bobby Okereke, excuse me, uh, the linebacker. Yeah, that did a phenomenal job when he stepped in when uh, Shaq uh, uh, Leonard got hurt. And yeah, incredibly athletic out of Stanford. Uh, they kept Daniel Jones. They kept Saquon. Uh, they have Sterling Shepard. They have Matt Breida. This feels like a team going in the right direction. At 25, I had them on Monday taking Zay Flowers. I don't know if you still – I suppose you could still upgrade the position. They, they're going to get rid of Kenny Galladay, too. It sounds like they're going to eat that uh, that salary cap, uh, that dead cap money, because he just – he didn't work out. But if you're the Giants here at 25, are you, are you thinking, say, Flowers? Are you thinking – No. This is the one that I was, like, totally blown away by why you would give them Zay Flowers, in my opinion. Although they had no, they had no wide receivers. I, I respect everything <laughs> you do for this show and the hard work you put in. But this one made you angry. This one – didn't make me angry. It gave me like, <laughs> what was he thinking on this? So I, I want to hear what you're thinking because I'll correct it. Uh, okay. Once you uh, tell me what's the reasoning by taking Zay Flowers here. All right. Again, this was Monday. They just signed. Oh, they just got Paris Campbell too. By the way, they just signed. Yeah. Him. yeah. So this was Monday before any free agency stuff happened. They had Isaiah Hodgkins on the roster. Yep. They had Wandell coming off the ACL. Yep. They had Sterling Shepard, who was injury prone, and that's it. 
And then that, yeah. So today they signed Paris Campbell. I just saw that before he came on the show here. Yeah. And they so. re-upped Sterling. So that's why I gave it. I mean, poor Daniel Jones was throwing the ball to himself half the time. Okay. Well, they got Waller, which is going to definitely give Daniel Jones another yeah. weapon at the tight end position. But I couldn't understand the reasoning because I think Zay Flowers is very similar to uh, one Dale Robinson. Yeah, fair enough. So both of them are slot receivers. So I, I didn't make sense to me. You can play uh, Zay outside. You wouldn't play Zay outside? No. He's too small. He's going to get gobbled up when uh, those corners sit there and jam him at the line of scrimmage. Okay. He's going to make his money in the slot. Now, I'll say this. You can line him upside and put him in bunches so he doesn't have to release versus uh, the corners when they're jamming him at the line of scrimmage. To right. Bring him up. There's different ways to do that. And I love Zay Flowers. I think he's an excellent football player. But when I looked at their depth chart and where they're at right now, and going off your latest mock draft pre-UFA period. Thank you. Um, just to make that clear for everybody out there. So when you send in your hate mail to Ryan Wilson and what's he thinking on this mock draft, he did not know all the signings that were happening. Ignorance is not an excuse, Rick. Don't Like you told Will Levis, don't make excuses. <laughs> so I hear, I couldn't believe you left me this player. Oh, now, wait a I'm second. Gonna... Let me guess. Let me guess. So pick 25. Are you going to take Osiris? In a heartbeat. Okay. Okay. Who They got uh, Glowinski at, at one guard. Yeah. And Azudu at another card, at another guard. Those guys are just guys. So if you can get a potential to come in and get a day one starter to add to what you added to the offensive line last year, um, the, to me that's a no-brainer because uh, Osiris comes in and starts with you day one. And they like to run a ball. And they have Saquon Barkley. So they're always going to – I think focus on the run game and play action pass. And to me, that was the perfect fit for your latest mock draft. So Osiris turns guard out of Florida. They have a need at center too, and they have pick 25 and then pick again at 57. And the centers, we like John Michael Schmitz is your guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like Tippmann a little bit better than you, I think. He's 6'6 out of Wisconsin. And then there's Whipler out of Ohio State. Uh, Tony Pauline, who writes for Pro Football Network, I think he runs, I think that's his, his site. He wrote yesterday that I think John Michael Schmitz had his pro day recently and did really well, and teams were impressed. And there was some first-round buzz about him. I don't know if he goes top 31, but would you think about him at 25, or is that too rich? I, not if Osiris Torrance is on the board. Okay, I'm, I'm going with that day one plug-and-play potential Pro Bowl guard right off the bat, just like um, was it uh, the Chargers last year took uh, Zion. Colin, Zion Johnson. Yeah, that's right. And – so this kid is as as good or even better than Zion was last year. And I, I think love Zion right. Johnson when he came in. So to me, this was a no-brainer pick. And you let him slip away and go to a Dallas Cowboys was right after is uh, who ended up taking it. Yeah, that's right. So you just gave away a pro potential Pro Bowl guard to a, uh, an arch rival within a division. That's not good. Not great, Bob. Would you say on March 16th, I know you I know you like to speculate months out into the future. I'll ask you a question. I'll, I'll pose it differently. Who's your favorite to win the NFC East right now? Boy, can, can we wait till we at least get through a little bit? Oh, I, you, you have to go with Philly until someone knocks Philly off. So I'm still going to say the, the Eagles. 
Okay. I, I like what the Giants are doing. And I think they were fun last year. They won a lot of close games. We'll see how that translates into 2023. But the fact they're able to spend money this offseason and get better before the draft is huge. And I think Brian Dable and Daniel Jones in year two are going to be even better. And I'm a little concerned about the – I mean, the Eagles are trying to keep the the, the band together, but they've, they've lost a few pieces. Javon Hargrave is going to be huge. But if Jordan Davis steps up, maybe that's not as big a loss. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Players, though. Hargrave is a much better pass rusher than Jordan Davis. Well, that's why Jordan Davis needs to step up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> send, a, send a note to Howie. Hey. All right. I'll just, I'll just text Jordan directly. I'll let him know. Yeah, uh, you need to step up, bud. <laughs> uh, Ryan Wilson uh, with the First Pick Podcast says you need to step up. Yep. All right, that's it. That is a wrap. And if you do step up, we'll get you a with the first pick t-shirt. That's right. Large. The merch store is going to be up and running soon. Debo is going to be running it. He'll be, uh, when we go on the road, he'll be working the merch table like they do at the, the band concerts. So look forward to that. Debo, is there anything else? Is that it? No, I don't like the last couple of minutes of the show and, and the conversation around Philly from, from your end in, in particular, but we can get out of here. Okay, but I, I defended him, didn't I? Yeah, didn't yeah. notice I didn't say you, Rick. Okay. <laughs> You're not I'll jumping just... on the Ryan Wilson bandwagon again? Nah, he's done. I'm off for a couple of days. <laughs> All right, that's it. That was episode 25 somehow. I can't believe we've done 25 episodes together, Rick. Remember, you can give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Thanks, as always, for the support. We'll be back Monday, and then we're hitting the road for all QB Pro Day week. Uh, thanks, as always, to my guy, Rick. Thanks for Devo to producing. Have a good weekend, everybody.